The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonhalls, or Success Publishing International. More willpower than a barefoot woman at a shoe sale. Able to stretch a single paycheck for an entire month. Makes money concepts easier than third grade math. Introducing your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls. Work all day, stress all night. Take your mind off your money and focus on your life. Money don't matter or the stuff it bought. It's the way you think, not what you got, yeah. Unlock Your Wealth Radio starts now. Get your money mind right. Today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash freebook and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thanks for stopping by. We're glad to have you. I'm Heather Wagonhalls, flanked by my producer extraordinaire, Michael Terry. Hey, hey. And we will help you get your money mind right on today's show with the following great features. First, we are at our ninth key already. It is create credit. Okay, so it isn't just fix your credit or eliminate your debt, but it's create credit. So we're going to understand the fundamentals of what goes into great credit so you know what you need to do to get there. We have a great moolah word of the day. Think patterns and not the kind that you sew together. <laughs> or do you remember that game? What was that game um, that from in the 80s that had the four different lights and then it, it flashed a different pattern and you had to whack it? Was that Simon Says? Sounds like Simon Says. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So, so not a Simon Says pattern, but a stock market or investment pattern. We're going to learn about patterns today with our Moolah Word of the Day. Our, our minutes on your money are stock market predictions and pretty much what you can expect or learn from what's happened to get you through the next four years. Our trivia question is always ba- based on a previous show, which will be no seasonal exceptions. And today's guest is going to help you figure out if your body language is making you broke. Did you know that your body language could be making you broke? Well, well I guess if you- Sit up straight. (laughs) You're looking like a paycheck waiting to be spent right now. Anyway, Sharon Saylor is going to be joining us, body language expert, and she will tell you what you need to do to look the part of wealth. As always, we will talk about your money, your credit, and how to get ahead in any economy. We will also show you how to manage your money easier, saving time and reducing stress, using these proven techniques for you to create unlimited wealth and happiness. Now, Insiders Club members are entered automatically in our weekly giveaways, but if you are not a member and would like to compete for great money management tools, all you have to do is answer this week's trivia question correctly. So uh, we always base it on a previous show, and last week's key was no seasonal exceptions. So the trivia question is, what is the name of the philosophy we use to evaluate our gift-giving levels? Do you remember? I have a blank it's actually got two words. I'll give you an even bigger hit. A blank, blank philosophy for evaluating 
Did I, am I stumping you? Yeah, totally. I mean, I, you know, I'm too busy. I'm <laughs> Pushing buttons and making sure wave lines are where they're supposed to be. Okay, I'll cut you some slack. So you focus on the quality of the sound of the content, and I will focus on the content itself. How's that? But you perhaps may know the answer because he made it sound so good, you were able to absorb all of that information, and you know the answer. So all you have to do to win is contact us one of three ways. You can call in to win, and that's 866-966-9420, 1-866-966-9420, or you can chat in to win, hop in our live chat room. Hi, I'm here. Come visit and share with me your potential right answer. Or you can email in twins because if you were listening from iTunes or another podcast form, never fear, email is here to save you. And you can still win. Send us your potential right answer to trivia at uywradio.com. Trivia at uywradio.com. Now, if you have no idea what the answer is, that's okay, because everyone can walk away a winner. You know how you always go to the carnival and they say, come here, everyone's a winner. Well, you too can be a winner. All you have to do for listeners of Unlock Your Wealth Radio is get our free audiobook download and 30-day trial from audible.com to check out their new service. That's unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash free book. Now, I mentioned some stock market predictions. And uh, from Minionville, I like Minionville. They got great personal finance articles, and they just upgraded to this premium feature where you can get unlimited news that they still give you some free ones to, to peruse. I think it's like eight every 30 days you can get a free eight free articles before you have to start paying for content, which is kind of a cool little ditty. How they keep track of it, I have no idea, but... Regardless, I really like their spot-on analysis, and they don't always look at the, the, the markets like everybody else traditionally does. And for stock market investors, they're saying 2013 was a nice ride. The S&P 500 gained 31%, and there was no drawdown worse than 5.5% at any point during the year. So I like double-digit returns, don't you? Oh, man. See, that kind, of, that kind of goes to show that like an index fund ain't so bad after all. Yeah. If you take that 5.6 from the 31, so like you're at a 24% return, yeah. I mean, how bad was that? Yeah. Are you going to give it back? No. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, I'm, I'm, just, I'm a little concerned with the, the horror, the doomsday scenarios that they're starting to paint. And there's always going to be those. Yeah. You know, so the thing is, it isn't about whether or not it comes. The thing is, what do you do to change strategies when it does? Because no matter what goes on in the marketplace, up or down, somebody's making money. Yeah. Okay? So you just need to know which side of the fence you got to be on and, and, and figure that out. Only three years since 1927 have been better by both of those metrics. In 1954, when the market soared by 52%, the max drawdown was only 4.5%. Wow. 
in 58, it saw a 43% gain in stocks with a 4.5% max drawdown. And in 95, the market rose by 38% with only a 2.5% max drawdown. So most of the good years for the stock market are more volatile, like the second best year, which was 1933, of a 44% positive return, but a 29% drawdown during the year. Most low volatility years are only pretty good. In 1964, with the second lowest max drawdown, 3.5% and a 16% total positive return for the year, four of the last five years have been above median returns for the S&P 500. And the fifth, which was 2011 at a 2% total return, was still positive. So the last two years have been much less volatile than average. Investors responded to that 2013 climate by putting $160 billion, that's billion with a B as in, boy, that's a lot of money, uh, $160 billion of new money into equity mutual funds. And it's a dramatic shift in a market that saw five straight years of people taking out money at almost $536 billion, again, with a B. Wow. Boy, that's a lot of money. Yeah. So the long-standing pattern of investors putting money into stocks after three to five good years has um, totaled $440 billion in the last 40 net positive months. So outflows, though, have created a negative effect because it was $743 billion. So the inflows have been at a 16% higher average than the outflows this past year because the equity mutual fund investors by group um, they buy high and sell low. And this costs these average investors about $300 billion over that period as they withdrew a net 303 but had balances of 605 So, you know, it's the antithesis of the strategy. The first thing I said when, when I saw the market turning, uh, we were in Hong Kong, and the, our very next show, I got on, and I think we even did a special update. I, I did like a Hong Kong report because all kind of crazy things were going on while I was there. 2008. And 2007, actually, when it, when things started to turn. Yeah. Um, so, because uh, it was when I got my proposal. <laughs> I was like, uh-oh, <laughs> this is getting married. The market went nuts. <laughs> But it was it was there was irony in that day because I remember standing in the living room and, you know, we were at our Chinese friend's house and everybody was like, I can't believe this. What is wrong? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm the only one that was like, I kind of had a smile on my face. Not that I was happy that the market was crashing, but that my prediction was true. And I said on my show in 2003, when someone asked me when the real estate bubble was going to pop, I said, that's not what you got to watch for. you got to watch for the mortgage bubble. And it was just about five months after I got one of the last low-document loans. And, and I only went with one of those because they're a pain in the ass you know, when you're independently, you know, when you're independent, like an independent contractor. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't have my own real estate company. I was running somebody else's. So you get 1099. So you get nickel and dimed for everything. Well, you know, you're 1099. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you get nickel and dimed for everything. And so um, some months you make a ton of money, you know, and like the next month you make negative money. (laughs) You know, it all depends on when your closings are in real estate. I could have four closings in one month and then have no closings and two fall out of escrow. So I'm not going to have income the next month. So those types of loans are easy. And I remember my mortgage guy calling me saying, you closed last week, right? And I said, yes, I did. I've got the keys. I'm in the house right now. And he goes, good, because we're not selling those loans anymore. And I'm like, oh my gosh, it's true. I was right. And that was kind of five months after that, all of a sudden the market went haywire. And I was like, holy smokes, I can't believe this happened. So it it was really, really interesting because when when that tanked, I said, take all of your money, pull it out from the mattress and dump it in the market. And people were thinking I was crazy. And I've, I don't know, my money has gone up like eight, 10 times since then. And, and, and all that a market interruption or hiccup or crash means is that it's, everything's on sale. Yeah. It's time to go shopping. If the fundamentals of the company are good, if the company is still selling widgets and its sales numbers didn't change, people just panicked. Yeah. And that's the time to go shopping. You know, where are all my bargain shopper and sisters? (laughs) They're the ones that should be going out and doing that sort of stuff. So what this is saying is we've got we've got to ride this for a while, but we're going to have another maybe market correction in, you know, 2016, 2018. So we've got to be paying attention for this. But all that means is when you start seeing prices stabilize or start to come down, you need to start liquidating and getting into a cash position so when it does drop completely, then you can go shopping again. So that's all it is. And and I remember when I went to this one jewelry store, and I'm like, oh, my mom loves emeralds. And I didn't really know anything about gemstones or whatever. And the guy puts this ring on my finger. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. Maybe I could get that for my mom. And he's like, it's, and I said, how much is it? And he's just like, $500,000. I'm like, oh, my God, that's not in my house. Is anything worth that. I'm like, get it off. It's stuck. And I was like, holy smokes. I'm like, I can't spend that kind of money. And he goes, Heather, it's not spending that kind of money. All you're doing is merely reallocating the wealth of your assets. <laughs> and I'm like, if I give this ring to my mother, there's no reallocating. It's gone. Yeah. So that's all we have to think about is just reallocating our assets. So move it from one position to the other. Now, if, you're, if your money is with a broker, you're, you're trusting that he's going to have the sense to do that. Only if you have given him that authority. It yeah. depends on the quality of your relationship with him. And I wrote a really good article about this because just because you have an investment advisor doesn't mean he's going to do anything more than sit with you once a year and see where you are and where you want to go. Make sure you're in line with your goals. But he's making, if he's making a percent on your dough, then he's probably got your best interest, right? Well, that's the theory. Yeah. Okay. But, you know, he uh, has a kid that's flunking out of school yeah. or, you know, a daughter that just got knocked up or his wife is sure. cheating on him or whatever. You know, he's got life going on, too. So to the extent that he's paying attention to your accounts, you hope he is. Yeah. But how do you know? Yeah. You know, and and you have to be really proactive because even though you have advisors and this goes for everything, whether it's insurance or investments, you know, any type of, of person that you solicit advice from, it's up to you 
to be responsible for the decisions that you make. You know, they're only there to give you information. So that's why, you know, our, you know, our, our key is knowledge is power. Not knowing is powerful is so important because you got to know those five areas of concern and you need to be prepared to make those decisions. Well, that's it for Minutes on Your Money. We have Sharon Saylor. We have our moolah word of the day and our key, create credit. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and we will be right back after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Cole, they all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. I'm Heather Wagonhall. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt again like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on Fort Myers Beach Radio for your morning cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback, and we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your maven of moolah. Heather Wagonhall just in time for the moolah word of the day. And today's moolah word of the day is pattern. And I alluded to patterns earlier. A pattern is a formation on a technical analysis chart showing recent price movement. It's used in an attempt to predict future movements, also called trading patterns. So uh, to use it in a sentence, analysts may look at the pattern of a specific company's shares in order to determine whether investors should buy or sell the stock. And another example is the first step in doing so is to establish a baseline pattern of behavior by closely and attentively observing the salesperson, their mannerisms, and their speech when engaged in a normal conversation. Or then you would look for deviations from this pattern when a deeper sales-related conversation is initiated. So what we want to do is pay attention when we go to look at price and we decide on a stock. I like to use two different methods if I'm picking individual stocks. And I like to look at what the company's fundamentals are. Is it a solid company? Are they producing? Have they had any bad news? What is this 
company doing performance-wise? Is it going to pay dividends? And I'm going to look at it and see if I like it. Is it a company that I see that has future longevity? It provides a valued need in the marketplace where it's filling a need with its products or services. Then I look at the trading patterns. So I under, so I determine whether or not I want it first. And then I look at the trading patterns to see where the stock rolls in price. Because every stock when there's not news, has a particular pattern to it, you know, and so it'll fluctuate between a range of maybe 10 or $15, you know, or 130 to 160, depending on the stock price. And this is where you can determine by analyzing the patterns, knowing the company's fundamentals are good, then you can make a decision to, yes, I want to go for this stock, but I want to buy it at the bottom of the pattern and sell it at the top of the pattern. I used to roll stocks back when you could do that before they nailed you for being day trading and then they started charging you all kind of taxes if you didn't stay in. It was a nightmare, but I did really good. I didn't work for a year. (laughs) All I did was trade stocks. It was pretty good. I would do all my research at night. It was kind of a weird year. It was a transitional year for me. So all I did was trade stocks um, and I'd make all my trades and I'd program them all. I knew what I wanted in at, I knew what I wanted out at, and then during the day, I would go to the pottery stores and paint. <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but I like to sew, and I'm a crafty kind of babe, so that's, I just needed a break. My head was about ready to explode. I had done so much professionally in such a short period of time, and I was just kind of, you know, everybody gets lost, and you want to make sure you're on the right path. So it afforded me that luxury to see if I was on the right path. So that is your moolah word of the day. I am so excited for our guest today because you have no idea how important your body language is to your wealth. And you might say, Heather, you don't know what you're talking about. But if you think about it, if you use Moravian's rule about communication, communication is 55% nonverbal, 38% how you say it, and only 7% is the actual words you use. And if you think I'm wrong, just think about how many times you have misinterpreted a text message because you're only getting 7% of the conversation. So 93 is left out there to flap in the wind, if you know what I mean. So to help determine whether your 55 is on target or not, we have Sharon Saylor. She's an international communications trainer, speaker, and best-selling author, as well as the CEO of the strategic communications firm, Competitive Edge Communications. She is devoted to teaching professionals around the world how to be courageous leaders through effective communication. She works with executive entrepreneurs and organizations such as Delta Airlines, Yale's Graduate School of Management, and the Women's Executive Leadership Leadership Council, if I can articulate myself. Her latest book, What Your Body Says and How to Master the Message, Inspire, Influence, Build Trust, and Create Lasting Business Relationships, published by John Wiley & Son, has been translated into six languages and is used in universities around the world. And now she is here with us. I'm so excited. So Sharon, welcome to Unlock Your Wealth Radio. Thanks so much for joining us. Well, thank you for having me, Heather. I'm so excited to be here today. And body language is such an important part of communication. Everybody knows I kind of harp on the body and biology and body language is so important. If you think about 
Moravian's rule, it's 55% of our communication is nonverbal, and that falls into your category, which is your expertise. And you say that body language can be keeping us broke. Can you elaborate on that? Oh, absolutely. I see it every day with the people that I coach. It can come in a variety of ways. First, if you're making a horrible impression, and it doesn't have to be the first impression. You could be doing quite well, and then all of a sudden, your body language is incongruent with what your mouth is saying. They're going to believe the body language before the mouth. So you can destroy trust and credibility very quickly if you're not aligned and Another way that it happens, and this is very insidious because we don't even know it's happening, is if we have some emotional response, and it doesn't have to be about the person we're talking to. Maybe it's the topic or the location. It could be anything that sets us off emotionally. Our thoughts and those emotions start to show up in our body language out of the blue. It begins to knock off our timing and our concentration. And sometimes all we can think about is, oh, my gosh, I just flubbed there, which causes us to get in more of a state of a panic and go, oh, my gosh, I'm flubbing up here. I'm just ruining everything. And that monkey chatter actually shows up as really strange body language. <laughs> monkey chatter? <laughs> Oh, that's what I like to call it. You know, I'm sure we've all had those times where in our brains, all of a sudden, some voice just starts coming in. What are you doing? Why did you say that? Oh, my goodness, you just tripped over the rug. How could you burp right now? <laughs> you know? but yeah, it reminds <laughs> me of, isn't there some meditative process in Buddhism or whatever that calls that your monkey mind, that, where you, that nonsense that goes on in your head, that, that crazy chatter, distraction? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Although I don't recommend sitting down and oming and meditating during an important meeting. But one of the, <laughs> you know, you could, but it, it might destroy that. grab hands, sing some kumbaya. <laughs> exactly. It might work, you know. It just depends on the context, I always say. It just depends. Yeah. However, there's a great thing that you can do nonverbally that will instantly reset your clock calm everybody else in the room down and make you look incredibly intelligent. And it's so simple to do. Oh. But when I tell you what it is, I don't want everybody to go, oh, who? Are you kidding? <laughs> because <laughs> trust me on this, it works. Okay. And that, yeah, it's to consciously stop and have silence, be comfortable with silence, and take two or three very deep, full, and complete breath. Okay. Two or three very deep breaths in silence resets your balance of carbon dioxide to good, refreshing, thought-provoking oxygen into your brain. It mm -hmm. calms down your fight-or-flight mechanism as well as calms down everyone else's fight-or-flight mechanism. Our breathing, how we're breathing, I'll do it right now for you, and that's kind of high and panicked and fast, and of course I'm exaggerating a little bit, but you probably all know people that talk like this when they get in a sales situation and are really sounding concerned or desperate, right? Oh, yeah. And I yeah. just want you to buy my product, and so I'm going to sing my praises, and I'm just going to keep going, and I don't even care if you're going to buy, because I'm just going to tell you that I'm going to sell it to you. Exactly. And it's really not the quote-unquote selling, 
it's the pace. It's that you're activating their fight or flight mechanism and they just want to flee. Yeah. It's, it's the body language. Exactly. They're out of breath watching you be out of breath and absolutely get comfortable with silence. And there's nothing wrong with pausing. And I strongly encourage breathing, deep, full, and complete breathing. Our society, North America, Canada, Northern Europe especially, we tend to breathe very high and rapid as a norm, so much so that there's medical data to suggest that a lot of people are walking around with, well, this is, I'm not a medical doctor, but so it's a little technical, but with certain parts of their lungs just have collapsed. That's a big word, but from not using them, from not fully and completely filling your lungs all the way to their capacity, just like any other muscle, they sort of tend to like, okay, well, this is as hard as I have to work. I don't need to pump all this oxygen around. I'll just work at this half level here. And that keeps our brain from thinking clearly. Our body language gets jerky when we don't have enough oxygen. And so we look frantic, even if we're not. As you were saying that, it reminded me when my father was in the hospital and he was in intensive care and, and part of the problem that they were having was oxygen profusion and he was so morbidly obese and such a shallow breather as it was coupled with the sleep apnea due to the obesity that his lungs were rubberizing because he wasn't doing the breathing. The machine was kind of breathing for him. And it just got worse over time. I mean, so I, I'm not a doctor either, but I did stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night. And I should probably get him to be one of my sponsors <laughs> because I'm always pretending to be some expert uh, because I stay there. But, uh, yeah, but, but, I, but I know that for a fact because that was one of my father's biggest challenges in his last few days was just, you know, they couldn't get him to breathe on his own because they couldn't get him to have enough oxygen and and it's because he was out of practice breathing. And, and it seems like, how do you get out of practice? That's what the doctor said. He was out of practice. So that's amazing. You know, we had on last season this um, incredible guy that helped us deal with our anxieties and fears. And he was a, a, a flight instructor and it kind of ran a program that had to do with uh, fear of flying. But you can generalize the same concepts with flying to anything, and, and he extrapolated it to money management very nicely. And breathing was also one of the things that he said. And we had a fight expert on uh, last year that also talked about what happens in that when we go into the survival mode and everything kind of shuts down. And I think about, you know, your comment of, you know, you focus on the flood, but you what you filter for, you find. So that exactly. I think that that's... And it recreates itself. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so that addresses specific situations, especially when, you know, our income is uh, related to our performance. And another question that I have for you that I want to ask you when we come back for the break is how do we generalize that to the rest of our financial lives when it comes to decision-making, spending, savings, and all of that stuff. You are listening to body language expert Sharon Taylor on Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and we'll be right back with more coming up after this. 
Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. I'm Heather Wagonhall. Too much month left over at the end of the money? Tired of paying off debt like a slave? Then tune in to my one-minute update on the Jiggy Jaguar radio network for your cup of money motivation. And for more tips, visit crackingyourmoneycode.com. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback, and we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. Welcome back to the broadcast, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalt, and I am joined today by body language expert Sharon Saylor. And before the break, we were talking about breathing as our first uh, resource when it comes to changing our body language, changing our financial life. And now, Sharon, um, you've written a great book, What Your Body Language Says and How to Master the Message. So if I want the message to be that I am powerful, intelligent, confident, credible, you should be doing business with me, you should be letting me manage your money, you should be buying my widgets, what are those kind of things that we need to make people think that we're smart and intelligent and they should trust us? Great question, Heather. Great. The first one is smile. Absolutely smile. If we get a little nervous, we tend to frown or hold our lips tight. You know what? Just as I said before, breathe, smile. A smile opens doors. It sets wonders. It sets a fantastic tone. And then, as my grandmother always used to say, great posture. She used, I don't know if parents do this anymore, but she used to put a book on my head to make me stand tall so the book wouldn't fall off. Mm-hmm. Great posture shows you're confident. I had a client one time come to me and he said, you know, Sharon, I don't know, business is, business is off, blah, blah, you know, gone and on. I'm just feeling so beaten down. One look at him, he was hunched over, he was sort of shuffling. He was truly displaying the word beaten down. Mm-hmm. Not going to get you what you want. Not going to get you promotions, clients, money, income, anything like that. The next one is to understand eye contact. Now, we're going to talk about general rule eye contact in the North American uh, European culture. In Asia and in Middle Eastern Africa, there's a few other differences in eye contact. So if you're going to any of those countries or work with those cultures, check out with the people in those cultures what the eye contact is. But in general, I like to say have good 
consistent but not constant eye contact. Like don't stand down. (laughs) Yeah, don't stand down. Years ago, I took a sales class that they said, you know, look them in the eye or they won't trust you. Too many people take that to heart and stare them down. (laughs) Just consistent eye contact. Please don't stare at them. I remember something about eye contact in an intercultural communications class I had. And I guess um, a police officer, they gave an example of a police officer trying to speak to um, an ethnic group. And he was like, look at me when I'm talking to you. But if they did, in their culture, looking at them would have been a source of defiance. And so that's why they were looking away as they were getting in trouble. And uh, and so they were getting in more trouble by being culturally observant, uh, but to the wrong culture, you know. So it's kind of funny how Americans are all look them in the eye, but other people are kind of like, don't look them in the eye. Right. That's why I suggest if you are working with a culture you're unfamiliar with, to seek out a mentor within that culture that can clue you in on what's acceptable and unacceptable. But as a general rule, consistent but not constant eye contact is good. When you stare someone down, what happens is male to male, you will start to see anger and conflict happen. It's just how it is. It comes from the ancient time, you know, our ancient evolutionary times. Male to female, it begins to make both of you feel uncomfortable if it's not, you know, puppy love. (laughs) It begins to make both of you feel very uncomfortable. Women to women usually can get away with it. It becomes sort of uh, coffee clash you know, where you're too gossipy. Oh, I just like that. Oh, but it isn't seen as professional. And that's why you want to be really careful with too much eye contact. And then the flip side of that are clients that tend to be very shy or introverted tend to talk with their eyes closed. Maybe you've met someone like that. It can be very disconcerting to try to hold a conversation with someone and every time they go to speak, they close their eyes. Right. And it, it it is. You're like, look at me. I'm trying to tell you something. <laughs> and and you're kind of and, and they they flutter or they kind of look away. I always wondered if that was a sign of of nervousness or lack of confidence. It is. It absolutely is. And that's certainly not the message you want to be sending, especially if you're some sort of service provider or saying, I'm the expert. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Talking to someone with your eyes closed and not making good, consistent, not constant eye contact, they're going to go, well, you know, they talk to good talk, but there's just something about them. I, I, I don't know what it is, but I think I'm going to go with that person over there. Mm-hmm. And you've just lost out on your opportunity. So what's a surefire clue that someone is lying to you? Oh, it's not a good surefire clue. I can give a few, but you need to see a pattern. And as I always say, it's got to be in context. Okay. Certain people just have certain habits, and they're like, oh, well, that's just Sharon. She just always, you know, has that nervous tick in her eye. She can't help it. So we have to be aware. Sometimes people have previous injuries that we aren't aware of, and they hold their head in a certain way because that's the way they have to hold their head. So... And the people that are professional liars are never going to give you any clue. The sociopaths, the psychopaths of the world, they're so skilled at understanding body language, they're never going to give you any clue they're lying. It's only the unskilled liar that's going to get caught. So, okay. 
Some of those clues are very tight jaw muscles. You want to look at their jaw muscles and their neck muscles and see what they're doing. Do they look tight or is there a slight twitch to them? If they look you in the eye, but it tends to be a fluttering type kind of eye contact, not a consistent eye contact, Mm -hmm. uh, that's another clue. If they tend to go on and on with their words, I mean, the story becomes too long and too inventive and too creative, you might also begin to go, hmm, what's this about? Mm -hmm. So Why, if you're professional, it's tough. (laughs) Right. So as I'm thinking about this eye flutter thing, so would that mean like when someone's looking in your eye and then like they look in your right eye and then they look in your left eye and back and back and forth, is that the kind of flutter you mean or like eyelid flutter? Yes. No, no, it's the back and forth. It almost feels as they're looking over your left shoulder, then your right shoulder, then your left shoulder. Right, yeah, it's like they're playing ping pong or something. Yes, which there I see is a pattern because some sales technique to show you to, if you're uncomfortable making consistent eye contact, just look in their forehead and then move to look in one eye and then to look in the other eye. Unfortunately, they don't realize the unconscious message they're sending is untrustworthy. (laughs) See, it's just the antithesis of what they meant to say. Uh, Yes, unfortunately. Whoops. So, um, so what happens if, let's say, you know, somebody cut you off in traffic and then right before you get to this important business meeting, you get a phone call from your spouse saying, oh my gosh, the mortgage payment bounced. And then while you're walking in, the principal calls and says your kid got in trouble again. And you go in and you totally blow your first meeting. And so your first impression sucks. It's not you. You were distracted. Can you ever overcome a first impression? Oh, you can. It's not always easy, but it's, you can begin to create amnesia in others. There are a couple of ways to do that. One is to change, lightly change the subject, not completely, but just redirect it so you're asking them questions. Make sure that you have a follow-up, two or three questions. You want them to be talking a great deal during that time, during that moment. And then... After they've answered a few questions, it's going to sound odd. Take a deep breath and pop up as a whole new person. Ah. They're, okay. they're not going to wonder what happened. But you're going to be using that time that you're listening carefully to what they're saying to take some nice deep breaths to calm yourself down. You're going to be formulating who you want to be as versus who you enter the room as. Okay. But get them talking, answering a few questions, keep it going for a few minutes, and then just pop up as a whole new person. Okay. And I think I've seen situations where people have been like, they're like 180 degrees from where they started. You're like, what the? And so, okay. And they might be going, the listener might be going, what the? But that resets it. That resets the clock. And they'll, as you stay in the person you want to be, they'll forget that first what? And then they'll calm down and go, oh, I like this person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I think about times where I've met somebody and I totally did not like them, but like I grew to like them once I got to know them, that I didn't allow my first impression to rule, I guess. And maybe it's because they were able to control the next few impressions that I had that made it that much more appealing, I guess. Is that Yeah, that, 
and the idea of questions is most people love to talk about themselves, and that recreates this whole idea of, oh, she's really an interesting person. But I've often found, often I've left a situation where I've done all the listening, and the per- person goes, you're, you're just wonderful. I go, I only said three words, mm-hmm. because most people love to talk about themselves. And right. that can reset the whole first impression clock quite easily. Yeah, because especially when, if you're questioning them, it probably gives the impression that you're interested in what they have to say. Now, I, I think um, because I have another friend who's into the Moravians rule and, you know, we commonly joke if, if we want to be able to have a conversation throughout the day, we'll send over a text message that says 45% with a question mark, meaning can you chat? And, you know, when you are on the phone, you lose that 55%, the most powerful part of your communication skills. So what do you do when you don't have the body language or do you still have it in some way? Because they're only going to get, you know, what you're saying and how you're saying it. Great question. But actually, you still have body language. If you answer the phone with a smile, people hear that. They can tell the tone of the voice changes because the facial muscles are pulled up. They can hear that smile. They can hear if you're breathing rapid or shallow. They can hear if you're deep breathing and comfortable. They can hear what kind of mood you're in. They can also actually hear hand gestures. I like to stand when I'm talking on the phone. And I also like to have a mirror. Now, this is not to watch myself gesture or any of that, but what it is is we call it an anchor. Like blowing yourself kisses. Oh, you look so good today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that might be, that could be as distracting as listening to someone answer emails. You know, I'm sure you've all been talking on the phone and you're like, they're not even listening to me. Uh They must be answering emails. (laughs) So you know their body language isn't connected at that moment, even though you can't see them. But the mirror is an anchor, and all it is, I keep it right here on my desk, and all it is, I see it, I'm like, oh, yes, I'm supposed to smile, breathe deep, and be friendly on the phone. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, uh, one of the things that we have to overcome, you know, is, you know, most of our financial decisions are driven by some form of fear. Fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear of acceptance, you know, fear of failure, fear of success. And courage is a word that I just love because courage isn't the absence of fear as I define it, but it's the acknowledgement of fear and moving forward. Anyway, um, are there some things that we can do with our body language to give us more courage, more intestinal fortitude? Oh, absolutely. There's been studies out of Harvard and University of California about what they call power posing. And if we step into who we want to be, how we want to be seen, as if we are that, I don't really like the term as if, but a lot of people kick that around. Sometimes the unconscious mind goes, if we hear as if, oh, you're just playing. Mm-hmm. I say step into that behavior. Mm-hmm. If you have a friend who has a particularly great skill, you're like, well, I want to be like that friend in this environment, in this context. What do they do? Do they shake hands? Do they smile? What do they do? Step into that behavior. So taking the first step absolutely changes your mind and how you think and emotions. Anytime you can step into and walk through fear, you're walking in courage. 
And that reinforces, you just look back and say, well, that wasn't fatal. I can do it again. Mm -hmm. I can do it again. And the momentum keeps going. So be impeccable with yourself. I think so often we're we're impeccable with our word to others, but we're rarely impeccable with ourselves. Because it's that taking action, that step, that first step into and through courage that creates your financial success. So if I want to be more like Warren Buffett, I need to step into him before I sit down and start my online trading. Well, we'll say in context, there are certain skills of Warren that you might like. And then, you know, I'm a firm believer that it's not about being Warren. It's one of the skills that got him to be where you want to be. Okay. And maybe it's, maybe, you know, obviously the financial success would be fabulous, but maybe you admire his very folksy way that he communicates, stepping in and trying that on for size and seeing if that works for you. You can play with all of these different techniques that you see people use. What is it about them that I like? I'm so drawn to. I'm going to step into that behavior for just a moment and see if I like it and if others like it too. Okay. That's a wonderful resource. And I know that as we talked previously, you, Sharon, have an amazing gift for Unlock Your Wealth radio listeners. And it's called Simple Ways to Find Your Courage Now. How can folks access this amazing package? Tell us what you have for listeners of the radio program. Oh, thank you, Heather. Yes, it's it's a simple to use, and it's just a fun little 10-part cheat sheet, very quick and easy to review. I've got simple ways to find your courage. I find that once people, like I said, take that first step, they're amazed. They're like, wow, that's so easy. But if you keep the momentum going, I've got a great little cheat sheet over at SharonSailor.com forward slash Courage Club because you know, our success is built on relationships that you have. And all relationships come down to how we communicate and how we take action and get ourselves through those tough times. Anything that we're emotional or anxious about comes about in our body language. So we want to be able to just step into it with courage and come up with our best, brightest self. Okay. Well, how that's super awesome. Now, uh, you have a wealth of resources in addition to, to your book, if folks wanted to get in touch with you, have private coaching on how to improve their body language personally, or find other resources and visit your website, where should they go? Going to Sharon Saylor. My last name is spelled S-A-Y-L-E-R.com, so SharonSaylor.com. Great place to find my book. There's some free ebooks they can get, as well as the Find Your Courage Now cheat sheet. They can also... There's if you opt into my email list, you can get what we call an autoresponder series. So it's over a period of a few days. You get a set of 21 videos that are only about a minute each. So it's quick learning where I go over each of these topics we talked about, plus plenty more, where I show you actually in this quick little video, I think the longest one is two minutes. So quick and easy learning where I show you exactly how to do it. Because we can talk about it on the radio, but once you see it in video, wow, change can happen quickly. Well, yes, and, and what a better way to illustrate body language is than be able to see it being executed. It's been so great having you on the show. I can't believe time has evaporated as it has. Do you have any final words of wisdom for our listeners? 
Well, I just want to thank you, Heather, for allowing me to share with your listeners. And my final words of wisdom would be step out there, take action now, because there's no time like the present and get your financial success rolling in the right direction. Well, thank you so much. And for those of you who are driving around without a pencil, never fear. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is here where you can visit Sharon's show page and get all the linky links to her Courage Club and website. Stay tuned. We have the keys to riches and so much more on Unlock Your Wealth Radio. I'm Heather Wagenhall. We'll be right back after this. Commander Marty Logan here from the Top Gun Seminars. What I've learned over the years is that the most successful people in life have coaches to guide them along their chosen path. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Jordan, Tony Stewart, Tom Hopkins, Kathy Colby all had coaches. Whether it was their father, someone else's father, or another person who helped them to shape their desires into an achievable path to success with a system of accountability where quitting was the only way to fail. Each of these people had someone who didn't see them as they first were, but as the person inside they knew they could easily become. Financial coaching can be the single addition you need to become financially independent. Call the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation now for your free consultation. 1-866-966-9420. That toll-free number again is 1-866-966-9420. Or visit us on the web at www.unlockyourwealth.com. Heather Wagonhalls here from CrackingYourMoneyCode.com. Tune in to my Unlock Your Wealth update for your daily cup of money motivation. Weekdays at 1225 during the Midday News Report on Corey's Hometown Radio, 1370 AM, WWCB. Greenback is your neighborhood lender for auto title loans. We offer fast and easy cash title loans for cars, trucks, and motorcycles. Keep your car with title loans from $100 to $50,000. There are no year or mileage limits at Greenback, and we offer the cheapest rates in Arizona, guaranteed. For more information, visit GreenbackTitleLoans.com or call 480-926-6666. Perfect, I just finished my candy. <laughs> my unfluffy candy. <laughs> Welcome back to the show, everyone. You are listening to Unlock Your Wealth Radio, and I am she, your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagon Hall. And it is that time again for our key for the week from our Keys to Riches. And for those of you who are joining us for the first time, Welcome. Michael and I are so glad to have you. The Keys to Riches is a baker's dozen of financial concepts that teach you how to think like the rich and be in control of your own money. It also gives you specific techniques to create or fix your credit, eliminate debt, save and invest, building wealth while transforming your current financial habits into healthy money management skills. And Michael and I are committed to doing that each and every week, one week at a time, one key at a time from our Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series. And we're at number nine already. I can't believe it. Number nine. Number nine. Isn't there like a song? Love potion number nine. Well, you know, the, the, uh, what am I thinking of? The Beatles. I mean, the Beatles made history 50 years ago, obviously. But... Revolution number nine, and, and didn't John start out the song with the number nine, number nine? You're not a big Beatles fan. You're too young. No. Well, but number nine was big. Number nine. I do like, there's one song that <clears throat> I like of Paul McCartney's that 
from Wings, and it has that guy that talks really funny, and and the song goes, and it's got that phone call, you know. Uh, oh, Uncle, Uncle Albert. There you go, Uncle Albert. I like that song. Yeah, that one. I like Uncle Albert. <laughs> but other than that, yeah, you can have your Beatles. <laughs> oh, dear. I'll take my hair bands. I'm all about Def Leppard. Rick Springfield was like my first heartthrob. Come on but now. None of those guys would have existed without, without the Fab Foe. And that's okay. Thanks for paving the way, yeah. but I don't want to listen to you. <laughs> I just alienated all my baby boomer listeners. Bye-bye. <laughs> no, don't go, don't go. Yeah. <laughs> She loves the Beatles. <laughs> I love the Beatles. That's it. Don't talk music and politics and whatever else, right? Oh, well. So I, I ruined that. But let's talk credit, shall we? Because creating credit is so essential to building our wealth. And the reason why is if we can learn how to systematically leverage ourselves where other people build our wealth, would you do it? Okay, so next week's key dovetails onto this week's key because next week's key is remember real estate. And you have to have fab credit and in order to get yeah. real estate. And it all starts with that first home purchase for yourself. So how do we position ourselves? Let's talk about what ideal credit is first off. So uh, we have learned the hard way, yet it seems like Orman and Ramsey and everybody else wants to focus in on these stupid credit scores, okay? Don't sugarcoat it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I shouldn't hedge. I'll tell you how I really feel. Let me warm up to you a bit. Credit scores have nothing to do with credit quality, and any credit that you apply for that means anything or is meaningful credit, like for a mortgage, for example, they're going to require credit quality, not just some stupid number. Okay, so there's a difference between credit score and credit quality and credit score is just a statistical rate of default. Okay, and it started, you know, because of mortgages, you know, and people wanted to know it was a bankruptcy score. People wanted to determine whether or not you were going to go bankrupt if you bought a house. Okay, so that's how it kind of all evolved. But a credit profile tells people it's the C in the layer of the four layers of risk or four C's character is what our credit is. And essentially, because what do we know about behavior? It's consistent. So how you have paid your bills in the past is likely how you will pay your bills in the future. Because behavior is subconscious. We do it without thinking. And therefore, the pattern that we learned today gets established and that's how we make our determination of whether or not to extend you money because we want to see how you have handled it in the past. Kind of reminds me of a mutual fund disclosure. You know, past performance does not necessarily indicate future results, but it's a good guide. So if you have been slackadaisical and you have been late here and there because you don't always remember to pay your bills, you don't pay attention to the month, or you don't put everything in the same place, and that's going to show. If you've had a catastrophic life event that interrupted your finances, that's going to show. And we can tell the difference as underwriters, okay? We can tell the difference between slackadaisical man and... Uh, catastrophic event man and you can guess what the good news bounce back from both yeah. okay so ideally 
to get your first mortgage, and this is why I'm telling you this because we're going to talk about ratios and homeownership in next week's key. But to qualify for entry-level housing with an FHA or a government-insured loan, which is what I recommend because lower down payment or no down payment in the case of VA, and it gets you in, it gets you started, and it gets that higher quality of credit going. You need four trade lines for 20 more months with zero lates. Okay, so a trade line is a credit card, a car payment. Okay, and yeah, there are some score requirements, but if you don't get four trade lines for 24 months with no lates, it ain't going to happen. You can have a, hundred, a 700 FICO score and have only your Victoria credit, Victoria's Secret credit card open for like six months. And it just happens to be the day that you paid it off that the reporting went through and that they were able to pull your score because it's a statistical number. So anybody that wants to extend you credit that tells you that your credit score will drop five points if you shop around is A, lying, B, it's your legal right because we live in a free country here to you, for you to shop. There's not one place to get the bread and only one place to get your toilet paper. So you can shop around and you want to do that. You want to exercise that right. And you want to focus on these four trade lines for 24 months. Even if you've had a hiccup, just reset that clock. So once you get a good month behind you, hey, I only got 23 left to go. Hey, I only got 22 left to go. And it creates momentum and it builds upon itself. And that's what we want to focus on in this week's key is those four trade lines, 24 months, zero lates. So there are 85 factors that go into your credit score, but only three make up the, the bulk of your score. And that is available credit, open and available. Yeah, I have a $1,000 limit and I only have $3 on it this month. Okay, max it out and pay it off usage is what counts, okay? But make sure that you're paying them off every month because you can tell on your credit the difference between riding a balance and maxing it out and paying it off every month, okay? Then the uh, the number of on-time payments, so that's where that zero late comes in. So it's easy. Put your bills on auto pay for the minimum payment. You can always pay more, but at least make sure that you've got that safety net covering you in case you forget, especially if you are in that slackadaisical crowd. And finally, the length of time that your cards have been open. Okay, once you close a card, it stops the quality of reporting. So you may have paid bills in the past grade, but if you've closed out those accounts, they don't do you any favors. Okay, because it eventually moves away from the most recent 24 months, because that's what your score is calculated on the last two years. So that's what you want to be focusing on. That's it for this week's key. If you would like more details and for our key statement, key affirmation, and key action item, visit our website at unlockyourwealthradio.com. And for more in-depth interviews with money experts, strategies, and members-only tools to fix your credit, get out of debt, and have more money and happiness, do what other savvy listeners have and visit unlockyourwealthradio.com where you go to get your money mind right so your wealth and happiness will follow. Become an Insiders Club member today and start receiving the benefits of millionaire wisdom right now. Today's show is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash free book and click on the link to over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. For Unlock Your Wealth Radio and Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonhall. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. 
UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2013 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches financial wellness series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com. 